Welcome to the Fantasy Sportscape. This is your host, Sports Guy Dave, with my co-host Lucas Reyes on the Wildland Wednesday, well, actually, uh, Thursday podcast here doing the preview, uh, review, and parlays. Lucas, how you doing? I'm all right, bro. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. Um, recap from last week, if the Chargers would have scored under 49, I probably would have won my parlay, my 12th team parlay. But I didn't, so I'm sad, Depressing. but I'm happy that the Chargers won. Let's get into this right here. Um, Thursday night game last week was the, the, the Philadelphia Eagles over the Giants, a 22-21 victory. And the Eagles, um, I mean, this was pretty much – these Thursday night games have been really trash, and the Monday night games have been really good. Just these Thursday night games just of recently have just not – I don't know. It's just not exciting. Like, I'd rather watch not football. I don't know. Uh, Carson Wentz had 359 yards, two touchdowns. Um, they couldn't get it done on the ground. Um, Travis Fulgham, um, you know, uh, this guy, Richard Rogers emerged as a, uh, as a, uh, receiver for the Eagles. But, uh, the only exciting thing that happened in this game when Daniel Jones stumbled 10 yards before the touchdown on an 80 yard run. But other than that, I mean, Giants dropped to one and six and the Eagles are two, four and one. So, I mean, not too exciting to me. Yeah. Uh, just finally get back on track for the Eagles, I guess, to get another win in this season. Slowly and surely finally getting back into it because they've been climbing their way out of their holes. Um, their past few games, they've just been getting into the deep holes and then having to pull off insane comebacks. I mean, they were really competitive last week. I think it was last week against uh, the Ravens, and um, they couldn't pull it out, but they, they had an insane fourth-quarter comeback that almost um, that almost happened, and it, it was a really bad two-point conversion call. And then uh, they struggle here against a Giants team who uh, just – it's so weird whenever this Giants team just decides to put up points or decides to be competitive. So it was very random. Daniel Jones, again, I mean, I don't know. It was just like a summation of the NFC East, just watching these two two teams play. The Eagles are um, a little bit impressed with how well they could play. Um, I mean, just based off the injuries, I mean, they're, they're just completely beat up, and it's ridiculous how what they have to play with, especially at the wide receiver position. But getting back to a dub is great. If they could just build upon this in a terrible NFC East, they could – probably get a playoff appearance which would be um pretty sad if you ask me <clears throat> excuse me moving on to um a real intense game battle of the undefeated teams the 20 uh um the 6 and 0 Pittsburgh Steelers against the 5 and 1 or they were both 5 and 0 but the t- Tennessee Titans dropped it to a, a game um they lo- they missed the game winning field goal with 19 game seconds time. left game time sorry game time sorry um, ben Roethlisberger didn't look uh, – he threw three interceptions. I, I kind of forget about that. And then James Conner was pretty much the only one on the ground. 82 yards, the rest uh, combined for a total of – was that 12 yards? Um, James Conner pretty much held it down. Um, the, I had A.J. Green, but I, I dropped him due to his COVID, and he balled out first game back from all that all that stuff, 150 yards and a touchdown. Um, t- <laughs> Tennessee Titans were in it. Um, it's just uh, – their field goal, uh, they definitely got to make a change, right? You think Ooh, so? I mean, I think I think you might have to. Um, Mike Rabel gave the guy, Goskowski, a lot of benefit of the doubt after the first week, and that kind of helped steer the ship again. But, I mean, this is another game where they where it finally cost them, and it was big, I mean, because this Tennessee team was super competitive, kind of got off to a slow start, looked like Pittsburgh was maybe a tier ahead, but as the game went on, you could just see that the Titans were not going away and they were a good football team. These were two really good football teams just competing, and it was like classic, really good run defense, 
Really good run offense. This is what we were looking at going into it. And Derrick Henry ends up with 20 carries for 75 yards and one touchdown. Not the greatest, but still uh, averaging 3.8, force-feeding him. And with what Ryan Tannehill has been doing this year, he had another clean game, zero interceptions, two touchdowns on 18 of 30 passing and 220 yards. So, I mean, it's an all-around great team. A.J. Brown, like you mentioned, uh, Corey Davis, too, got a little bit involved. So it just took a little bit for this offense to get going. But they get they got back in, it and they did enough to stay in it. And that field goal was just really killer. Pittsburgh, I think, is just another well-rounded team, a well-coached team. I have to give Mike Tomlin a lot of credit. Um, the only thing I could really be concerned about is the Ben Roethlisberger interceptions. Maybe if without those, it'd be a bigger margin of victory. One of them was at the end of the half, and then I think two of them, it wasn't really like careless mistakes, but it wasn't um, – it wasn't – I guess it wasn't killer. I mean, it didn't kill them for this at all. But it was just a really good, fun game to watch. Insane. A lot of the early games was back-to-back insane uh, last-minute finishes. This game, the Detroit game, and the Cleveland Browns game, which we're all going to get back to, were just right – they ended right after each other, back-to-back. And this was like the first game that ended that, a crazy ending. And really, really just the whole weekend was just an insane ending. So this, like, kicked it off. It was a good game. Yeah, it was. um, I I got – I was in Havasu getting Buck Wild. Um, but I, I did see a little part of it. Um, moving on to this next game, and I just want to say, I don't wish this on my worst enemies. Um, your starting quarterback is out for the season, then your backup comes in, you're kind of confident in him, and then he goes out and your third-string quarterback comes in and Ben DiNucci. I do not wish that on any of my worst enemies. Oh, yeah. The Cowboys dropped a big one, 3-25. to Andy Dalton got cheap-shotted. And there's more to this story, I mean, the, the, the fact that the offensive line did not attack Bostic was insane to me. I would If I was offensive line, if I was a bench player, I would have been running at him. Um, that's our quarterback. But you can just tell the Cowboys just they just gave up. I mean, they traded uh, Everest, Everson Griffin for a six-round draft pick, I believe. Um, and they released two players, uh, Devontae Poe and um, some corner, because they couldn't trade him. Like, they're pretty much just giving up. And um, I, I, I pray for the sanity of these Cowboy fans, but um, uh, the fact that Ezekiel Elliott only has 45 yards and with Ben, ben DiNucci and Andy Dalton in this game is is a surprise to me. I don't know what's going on with the offensive coordinator. I don't know what's going on with the head coach. It's it's just a, it's a real shit show over there. Um, Antonio Gibson did run all over them, 128 yards. Um, this guy's really changed my mind, uh, my opinion about him. I wasn't a big fan with him. Now I'm starting to hop on that bandwagon. I did have Logan Thomas as my tight end, thank God. He, he uh, scored a touchdown. Kyle Allen uh, did enough to, to keep keep the starter, I think. But um, I think he's going to be a rotating door there all year. I'm a big fan of Alex Smith. Throw him in there. But they're both 2-5 and five and both tied for second in that division. Yeah, um, this is, was just a sad, sad game. I mean, Washington is one of the worst offenses out there in the whole league. and they don't. Oh, but I do, I do want to say they're ranked number one defense all around. After this game, <laughs> are they really? I, I, I that's what I heard. I've seen. This I'm shit looking at the team rankings. I don't think they are. Um, their pass defense is probably up there a lot because they do get to the quarterback um, an, an insane amount of times. This is what we were talking about leading up to this game that they had to run the ball. They had to force feed Ezekiel Elliott, and they just clearly weren't doing that. I don't remember if Zeke had a fumble this game. I'm trying to look at the stat sheet. They had two. He had two fumbles this game. So, I mean, I think it's it's insane what's going on with Zeke and um, just whatever uh, 
whatever's going on with him. It doesn't say that they lost any fumbles in this game. It was one interception. Um, so they do lose a turnover battle here. But whatever's going on here with without getting Zeke the touches against this bad football team in Washington that is only good at getting to the quarterback, but they don't really stop the run. You only give him 12 carries for 45 yards. How are you not force-feeding him? You get down early, and uh, you're just trying to pass all over this team. Look, it just shows how Dak Prescott was really carrying this Cowboys team and how dysfunctional this front office is and how dysfunctional Mike McCarthy is as a, as head, as a head coach. I've hated this since the offseason, and I can't believe people were giving him the benefit of the doubt after just one year of taking a break. He went out in the most sad way possible, and he's still c- continuing. Um, he doesn't have this locker room at all. This locker room is not with him. Um, it clearly shows because of how no one stood up for Andy Dalton, who is your quarterback, and and uh, then, yeah, you just – no one, no one's even getting mad about that. No one's showing any emotion. And now when a week where people were turning on Mike McCarthy in the locker room, now Mike McCarthy's turning back on the locker room and saying that that was unacceptable. Like, I, I just don't like this Cowboys team at all. They are so annoying to watch. It's because, like, they're the most unprofessional of uh, um, of the franchises out there. I mean, before this, I thought maybe the, the one that was more lost was maybe the Houston Texans. And they got rid of Bill O'Brien, and that seems to be their problem. Now this is, like, a profound problem going on with, Dallas they're so bad and um they they're just so bad on defense as well there's like no effort and you let a team like Washington get almost 400 yards of total offense after how they've been struggling all year winning in a resounding way 25 to 3 it 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 just makes me so angry um we just got to move on to this game throw throw away (laughs) Dallas man seriously yeah Moving on to the next game, which we thought would have been a little bit more one-sided. The Buffalo Bills win 18-10 over the defeated New York Jets. They are in the lead for the Travis Lawrence uh, sweepstakes. Um, Sam Donald came back, um, should have sat down, should have never even came back. Two interceptions, only 120 yards. Um, the bright spot of this is the Michael Pernier, Pernier whatever the hell you say his name. Uh, I think I'm going to pick him up in fantasy. Uh, Frank Gore had 60 yards, I mean, but Pernier got the touchdown. The Bills, uh... Josh Allen had oh, 360 all-purpose yards, um, 60 on the ground, 300 through the air. No touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, a, a real def- defensive game, if you ask me, for um, for the Bills. Um, get back on track. They, they move up to 5-2. and two. Um, Just the Jets are just sorry. Just another sorry-ass team. Yeah, um, they are sorry. And, I mean, it was just weird to see how this game was very close, though. It was really concerning. I thought that Buffalo was going to win this one by a lot more. Um, they missed a field goal in the first. And then they also uh, get a fumble also at uh, when they're driving at the New York Jets' 22-yard line. So they left some points on the board, and they didn't really uh, take advantage of a really sorry Sorry, Jets team. So I think if you're a Bills fan, you got to be a little concerned about how the last few weeks have been turning out. Um, I forget who they played these last few weeks, but I know that they've fallen a little bit from grace because they started the year so well and with Josh Allen and MVP contention. And when you have a game like this, you're just expecting to bounce back and really put the beat down on a sorry Jets team. So it was really a little bit of a nail-biter, if you ask me, if you're a Bills fan, especially if you – we're looking at this game early and you saw how close it was because at one point the Jets had the lead and even though it was small it's like they had the lead in 2020 like I really thought um the world was ending but it was a real it was a real uh just a real weird game I guess I mean Sam Darnold throwing two interceptions and um Frank Gore and LaMichael Perrine I mean these guys trying to do it all they can and they still only get 10 points yeah, it's a uh, bad news bears for the Jets. I just feel bad for 
the New York Jets in general. Just New York in general, the Giants and the Jets are just pretty bad. Moving on to the next game, um, the, the New Orleans Saints won the Carolina Panthers in a division nail biter, uh, 27-24. Um, the biggest concerning for me is the Panthers cannot get it done on the ground. Mike Davis, their leading rusher, as you know, only had 12 yards on the ground. Um, and a grand total of what, like a 27, 29, for like less than 40 yards on the ground um, against the Saints uh, defense, who's been pretty good against the run. But um, the fact that they, you can tell they're struggling without Mike, Mike Thomas, we've been saying this, um, uh, this guy named Marquez Callaway was their leading receiver behind Alvin Kamara. And the guys we know, like Trey Con Smith, Derek Cook, didn't really contribute as much as we thought they would. But um, the Saints got it done in the division. They're four and two, and the Carolina uh, Carolina Panthers uh, fall to three and four. Carolina is a team to me that they're just weird in the sense that they're in it every single week, but they just cannot close out these tough games. They're really struggling without Christian McCaffrey. He was on the sideline with his cleats on. He's still technically on IR, but. It, um, I think it was uh, McCaffrey, but he uh, he's about ready to go. He's, he's going to be back very soon, and I think that this team is just waiting to explode and make that next leap once he gets back in there. And uh, they just need a little bit more help from the defensive side of the ball. It's hard. Uh, you got a lot of rookies over there. You just got a really young team, and they're just developing as the year goes on and kind of like learning on the fly. But this uh, Saints team also, I mean, they're waiting to get a huge player back in Michael Thomas, like you said. He is suiting up for practice. Looks like I think that he's going to be ready to go. Uh, a team that that has been struggling on offense and has all the whole national uh, media talking about how they are really struggling without Michael Thomas and not really a downfield attack anymore. And it's really just Alvin Kamara in the backfield and just short passing attack. You're going to need um, the deep threats again and the slants that Michael Thomas has been getting killed for and roasted for. Like if they work and they stretch this offense out better, um, that'd be great. I don't know if uh, Emmanuel Sanders is health. I have no idea if he's hurt or not because I don't see him at all in the stat sheet. But a um, little bit disappointing because you don't really get the guys that you really need going. Uh, going. You're just having these random uh, players that are just stepping up. But you, these not these aren't consistent uh, performances. So you just need you just need a bigger boost because I think that this game was a little bit too close. If you're a Saints fan and you wanted to put away a Panthers team that's been lingering around in that NFC division, so. Um, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, he's been playing great, you know? I mean, this is a good Panthers team, a formidable opponent. They're the team that's beaten down on, on good opponents like the Raiders, too, who have solid offenses. So, I mean, they could keep up on offense, and I think they're, they're, they're right there as far as making the leap. But um, Saints just get a good one in the Dome. I, I feel stupid for making the, making the prediction that they were going to lose. Yeah, um, that was a pretty bold prediction. I think I, I was right I think I was right <laughs> there with you. Let's see. Yeah, yeah we, both, we both predicted uh, upset. Moving on to a game that uh, a player who a lot of people were concerned but came back, um, bounced back game against the Houston Texans. Aaron Rodgers threw for 283 yards, four touchdowns. We've seen um, with the, the, the absence of uh, Adam Jones, uh, you see Jamal Williams um, really flourish there. And we've seen a little appearance of A.J. Dillon, a mini um, Shaquan Barkley. That dude, is, that dude is just thick. That boy is thick. Uh, he's built different. And we've seen Devontae Adams uh, almost 200 yards Two touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers got his favorite target back on the Houston Texans side. They could not get done on the ground. David Johnson, once again, um, was that was probably the stupidest trade in, that I could remember. There's probably dumber ones out there, but that's the only one as as a, as a football fan that I remember. This is the dumbest, dumbest fucking trade in the world. 
if you ask me. Um, Deshaun Watson did. You, you can only do so much, but they they fall twenty to thirty five. Green Bay moved to five and one, and the Texans are one in six. Yeah. Oh man, just what a crazy game for the Packers, though. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is hot again. Um, you have Aaron Jones out, but you got good production out of Jamal Williams and obviously Devontae Adams going off. So a great get right game for the Packers to just really put the beat down on this Texas team who was a little bit of a frisky threat. I mean, they were kind of um, looking to maybe take advantage of a struggling defense in the Packers and maybe uh, get right because they've been trying to get things going on offense, especially these last few weeks, and they've actually been able to put up some points which is super surprising, really just on the backs of Deshaun Watson again. But uh, they fall short again because it's the Packers. They're just an all-around team, and they're just another level. Moving on to this game, which um, was actually a pretty um, intense game, uh, Cleveland Browns versus the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cleveland Browns come on top 37-34. to 34. Um, Baker Mayfield um, looked good, five touchdowns. Um, one interception, bad news, though, um, they did lose Odell for the season with a torn ACL or a torn Achilles, whichever one is ACL, yeah. I forgot which one. But uh, Rashawn Higgins came um, as emergence, and so did Harrison Bryant. I know you guys probably don't know this. Oh, Devontae Peoples-Jones. Some people might, might might know them. But those are the three leading receivers on this team. Um, I think they'll just do fine without Obeckham Jr. I think Obeckham Jr. is just a uh, – you know, yeah, everyone knows my opinion on him. I don't want to go into that. Um, Joe Burrow uh, did have four total touchdowns, one on the ground. He's just slinging it, dude. He is just slinging it. Joe Mixon, gone, uh, Giovanni, Giovanni Bernard only had 13 carries for 37 yards. But Joe Burrow, they're just letting it loose, and he threw it for 47 times. He did throw one interception, but the, he, he's he's just slinging it. He's doing pretty well. He did not win Offensive Rookie of the Year or Offensive Rookie of the Month. Our boy Justin Herbert did, but uh, he's he's a close second, though, in the in the overall race. Um but pretty crazy. He's just gunslinging it, and he's just getting pretty buck wild. With yeah, the Joe Burrow is the real deal, man. It's just what the fuck he's doing over there with that offensive line. He's getting hit so much, and he's throwing the ball so much. Like, I feel like his arm is about to fall off just by how many times he's throwing the ball. <laughs> and he's getting so many people involved, Tyler Boyd, and also A.J. Green after such a slow start, who I think is starting to pick it up these past couple of weeks. Seven catches for 82 and was a second-leading receiver. I mean, he has so many receivers that are over 50 yards. There's one, two, three, six receivers over 50 yards, so that's a lot of love being spread around over there on that offense. You don't really get too much of a running game going, but you still – it's fine. You have a good matchup against this Browns defense who is – the way to attack him is just through the air. So, Jerbo was letting it fly, and he's such the real deal. I mean, I'm so impressed with this kid, and I'm glad that he's playing well. And just tough – heartbreaker for Cincinnati because they don't have any defense and it showed on the way that the the Browns came back and we'll get to the Browns in a second but just this offense man so brutal to lose this way because they're putting up points they're putting up yards too and they're really competitive actually they're the most competitive aspect in this team right now and it's because of Joe Burrow and the way that he's getting it done so I like Joe Burrow a lot he's special he just needs to get a little bit of a line around him but this this Bengals team is is locked for the future I really feel like I mean this court, this kid is 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 nice. But back to the Browns, you have to be happy with the way that this game turned out after starting so terrible. I mean, Baker started the game off 0 for 5 with one interception. So he had an interception before he even had a completion. Gets back on track, ends the game off with five big touchdowns, and the biggest one was at the very end to Donovan Peoples Jones. Um, his catch at the end at the sideline, I think it was a. Uh, the last seconds, I don't remember how much time was left on the clock, but this was like the second game of the day. It was an early game um, that 
that just ended in a crazy way. The first one was the Steelers Titans, and then it was this one that ended up on the last play with Baker um, just hitting hitting uh, Donovan Peoples Jones. Hopefully, that Peoples Jones and these rest of these receivers could really step up because you lose a really big asset in Odell Beckham. Um, hopefully, Baker Mayfield can step a step. Baker Mayfield can step it up. He had a great game, and um, I feel like Odell Beckham wasn't really part. He wasn't part of this at all. So maybe that this could be something that they could build upon of you don't you never want to lose a player like OBJ but the way that Baker played um you could be happy with what's going on and at five and two you're sitting okay I don't think you're gonna be able to make some noise because that defense is a little sorry but um your offense hopefully they could keep keep it going I like people's Jones though that name is uh I want to hear that name more yeah I got I got a couple of his I believe he's a rookie because that's a very unique name I believe he's a rookie if not I do have some of his football cards uh, moving on to, oh, man, I just feel bad for this Atlanta team. This Atlanta team finds oh, different ways to lose. You remember the <laughs> thousand ways to die? Yeah. They should make one called the thousand way to lose. And Atlanta Falcons will be top of the list. Um, so the situation was they were they were up by six, uh, up by six, or they're up, and and I seen the mic'd up. Um, uh, Matthew Ryan was like, do not score, do not score. And Todd Gurley done this before, which is weird. He done it to, you know, just fall. The, the Lions look like they were letting them score, but he just had a fall short of the end zone. Nail it, nail it, you know, score field goal, whatever the hell, you know, whatever the situation was. But he managed to score a touchdown, and the Atlanta defense can't stop. Not, they can't stop anything. They can't stop anything and gave Matthew Stafford, who is known for his fourth quarter comebacks, a minute and four seconds. To score with time expiring to TJ Hawkerson, it was just that drive was just so beautiful. Um, it, it, the, these Lions, um, say what you say about them, but when it comes to yeah. the fourth quarter and Matthew Stafford got the ball, I will be pretty scared. And Atlanta Falcons drop one and six, and Lions are uh, three and three. Man, I would love to be three and three. Like I say, I'm like, damn, that sucks. But I forgot the us Chargers we barely got two wins. Um, but uh, man, this 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 Lions team got it done, and I'm just feeling bad for Atlanta Falcons. Um. It's 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 getting pretty sorry. Like I'm getting really. I feel oh really man, bad. dude! One minute left in the game, sixteen of fourteen. You're down by two points, but you're at the ten yard line, first and goal, and literally you say don't score, and Todd Gurley says, "All right, I'm not going to score." He knows that situation because Lions can't stop whatever's going to happen. They're just going to be. They're going to have to waste their timeouts, and then the Falcons could just kick this field goal and walk away with a victory, most likely, because there's probably going to be no time, if any, left on the clock for the Lions to rebuttal. And what happens? you got Todd Gurley, who gets to the second level immediately, and he's met with a tackle, and he's trying to break free just so he gets a little bit closer. And then, like, I think just the instinct took over. Like, a running back, you tell yeah. a running back not to score, like, okay. But in the moment... He's always going to be trying to break a tackle. And that was just, it was just brutal. That momentum and whatever. Oh, man, so brutal. You could see he did not want to score. And even the Lions were like, oh, he just scored? And then they put their hands up, like, signal touchdown because because yeah, we're going to get the ball back. And I think everyone knew what was going to happen at that point. Everyone knew that the Falcons' fate, the fate was sealed. I mean, you said it. Stafford is really a fourth quarter comeback general he's a machine when it comes to coming back in the fourth quarter and he's he's almost automatic because he'll get it done and he's amazing but just 
the way that these Falcons team loses, it's so profound, and I don't understand. Um, you cannot write or make this up every single week. It's it's brand new. It really is. And just shout out to Matthew Stafford, though, getting it down. I mean, he snapped the ball with one second left. Zero's on the clock. No flag. So this was the game. He And he did what he always did. He extended the plays, got out of the pocket, and found someone in the end zone. I mean, I feel like I've seen that story a million times, but – Wow, dude, this uh, this was the third game right out in the morning. I mean, it was it was it set off to be what a crazy afternoon of football. I mean, fucking, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I feel bad for Atlanta fans. And my sister, she lives in Georgia, and, and uh, the Braves lost. She's a, she's a big Braves fan, and then the, now it has to do with the Atlanta Falcons. She's not the biggest football fan, but yeah, hot Atlanta is not so hot. Moving on to the next game, um, I'd really like seeing the beatdown. I. Any Charger fan likes to beat down on the Raiders. Uh, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat down the Raiders 45-20. to 20. Tom Brady, I think, uh, screwed his way into the MVP conversation with 369 yards, four touchdowns. They had to do nothing on, the, nothing on the road. Oh, and he had one on the ground. So he had a total of five. Scotty Miller, um, Chris Godwin, Rob Godkelsey is getting back into the mix. This this uh, Tampa Bay defense is looking uh, kind of scary. Um Oh no! I think it was the Buccaneers who had the number one defense. I think they're they're yeah probably them be the number one defense. But they don't have that much. I, I understand because I shit on their pass defense. It's just their their rush, their pass rush is so good it makes the corners look even better. They they their pass defense is not the greatest, but the front seven is, is yeah. changing. It. It's it's insane. They're probably the best. Um, they they held the rushing um below sixty yards. Derek Carr had an interception. Um. It, they're just they, – they look like they're missing something, uh, the, the Raiders' offense. I know they got a lot of these young guys. They're just missing that big piece. Um, Josh Jacobs was not even involved in this at all. 14 yards on the ground – or 17 yards on the ground, 14 through the air. Um, we haven't seen Devontae Booker. I forgot he was on the Raiders. Um, it just – this team just looks kind of just like – kind of bland. I don't know. I mean, I, I know they're against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but um, but uh, this Buccaneers team is pretty good. Yeah, I mean – the rich get richer, they get Antonio Brown back. But what if they use that as leverage and they could get a corner, maybe get a corner from the Bears or maybe even Stephon Gilmore and ship him over. I mean, I don't know, just something creative because um, that one corner piece could really just take this team to the next level, which is insane because they're playing really, really high-level football, really good quality football. They're, they're scoring and they're really getting nice pass rush. They're getting productive out of um, their defense and getting stops whenever they need to. They stop another legitimate offense, I think, in the Raiders who have just weapons across the board. I like Ruggs. I like Jacobs. I like Darren Waller. And um, they just held them, and this game was never really threatened, and it was just overall dominated. And I think that just this Buccaneers team, the way that they've been winning these past few weeks, started off a little bit shaky this year, but as things have gone on, Tom Brady's cleaned it up. He used to have an interception per game. Now it seems like that's the thing of the past, and he's just been cleaning it up. His arm seems great as ever, I feel like. Uh, as far as last year, these couple years, it looked like it was going away. Maybe it really was just the receivers and the talent around him. I'm starting to really believe that, and um, I'm convinced because of what's going on over there in New England still, and just what Tom Brady's doing over here now too. It's just insane. And it's more of a complete team over there in Bucks in Tampa Bay, though. It's not just Tom Brady. Um, they're they're all around getting things done. As for the Raiders, you fall down to three and three in a tough division, and you couldn't really get anything going. You need a force feed Josh Jacobs. You really have to. Um, Ten carries for 17 yards isn't going to get it done. And um, your leading receiver is Nelson Aguilar with five receptions for 107. That's not going to be it either. Uh, it's a tough it's a tough opponent though. The Bucks are for real, and they look like they're going to be. 
I think NFC Championship is going to be Packers and Bucks to whoever decide to uh, Packers Bucks to go to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it's a really good opponent, but I think that it shows that the Raiders are a little bit of a tier below from where they need to be as far as if they want to be a contender and make any noise this year. And um, you got to be able to score and do something against good, good, uh, good teams. And like you said, it's not really the back end of the Buccaneers secondary; it's the front seven. And Derek Carr with one interception and not being able to figure out and get any quick passing games going and not really get any other playmakers involved. Um, I think Darren Waller in the screen game could have been really nasty. And um, I don't know. I just didn't see him. I think also Hunter Renfro got shooken up in this game too for a little bit. And uh, I feel like he just always like gets hit and rocked and like, it always looks like he gets a concussion. He's always like out for a few plays, but uh, yeah, this Raiders team just falls short to the bucks, which just looks like they're going to be, I don't think a team could stop him right now. I don't see any team stopping him. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a, a, a tough one for, them. Um, another uh, team that's pretty much lost everything, uh, the, the New England Patriots, um, they're just looking really bad against the 49ers who, they, Jimmy Garoppolo still, still, he threw two interceptions, no touchdowns, um, and and it was all Jeff Wilson, then he got injured, and then uh, Jermichael Jim, Hasty came in, their fifth, I think their fifth string runner back is running all over you, and this just Patriots team, um, we even seen Jeff uh, Garrett uh, Stidham come in. Um, they're just lost. I mean, do you blame them? They don't really have no weapons. Um, they put Stephon Gilmore on the trade block. Um, I think Aaron wants up for grabs. Julian Edelman's on playing. But he, he just had knee surgery. So, I mean, this. I think um, I'm going to win the bet and not shave my head, thank God. Oh, yeah. Um, Jacoby Myers is your leading uh, receiver. Um, then behind that, Rex Burkhead, of course, we know him. Demir. Bird, and then Damian Harris, Ryan Izzo, Dalton Knee, ja- Jacob Johnson. Like he, these guys sound like like guys you never even heard of. Um, feeling real bad for this. Uh, I'm starting to feel bad now. I hate the Patriots, but um, you know what? No, I don't feel bad. Fuck the Patriots. They've they've been on the fuck. They've been on the mountaintop too high, too long. So uh, they're in real. I think they're in re- rebuild mode. And uh, fuck the fuck the Patriots in general. They yeah, it. they're definitely they're definitely in rebuild mode. I mean, yeah, they lived on the top of the the AFC for almost twenty years. So this team uh, finally is gone. I mean, they're not they're not anything really. Cam Newton, after starting the year off really great and looking really strong, uh, it just feels like everything is falling apart so quickly. You get benched and um, you just don't have anything. I mean, it's not it's your number one playmaker at one point was Julian Edelman, and that was just dependent upon. Cam Newton running the ball very well and then just getting it out to Edelman based off of defenses changing and stacking the box and maybe getting Julian Edelman one-on-one. But it, it's not going to work every time, especially if you face a good nine, a team in the Niners on the defensive side. And um, it's just such a limited offense. It's not going to – it's not consistent enough and it's not um, – there's no variability enough in there. You don't really have things that you could adjust and uh, – depend on change your game plan to a passing attack. It has to go the way that you need it to go. And that's really the philosophy for New England. You're gonna, they're, they're a team that loves to impose their will and loves to do what they want to do and never get away from their game plan. But a team like this that doesn't have that much talent is not going to be able to adjust and, and or even really execute a game plan as consistently as they want to. And it was so evident in this game. And, um, you know, whatever, whatever thoughts of Cam Newton coming over to New England and, and – taking them back to the promised land based off just what Bill Belichick can do. Um, it's, it's just quickly being dispelled, and I think you're going to save your hair, David. 
Uh, as far as the Niners, just a little bit weird that Jimmy G had two interceptions and no touchdowns, but you have your running backs who just, I feel like any running back in the Niners just knows how to run or something because they, that offensive line gets things going and, and whoever goes in there just seems to be productive, whether it be Mostert or Jeff Wilson, to Michael Hasty, and just anyone now. Anyone, yeah. And it feels like anyone that could just go in there, plug in there, and 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 be productive. So that's really great. And you also still have um, Kittle, and you have Ayuk and Samuel. So I think that these guys on the back end and the receiving core need to develop more. Um, Kittle needs to be a little bit more involved if you want to be dominant. I mean, you win, you win in this game, thirty-three six, but. I'm still concerned about that passing attack. You're going to face good teams and good defenses. You're going to face like a team like the Rams. You're going to face a team like the Seahawks, who is going to make it a shootout. You're going to face the Bucks, who just have a good front seven. You're going to be able to pass the ball. And um, this Niners team still isn't proven to me that they can do that. They're still primarily a run team, and they don't scare me at all through the air yet. So I'm, I think that's concerning. But Niners get a good win to get back on track, and that division is heating up over there in the NFC West. Speaking of the AFC West... Like, you said AFC West, right? AFC West, yeah. Oh, well, talking about the AFC West, we had an AFC West divisional game. The Kansas City Chiefs beat down the Broncos 43-16. to We even seen, we even seen Chad Henney come in, two for two for two for 13 yards. Uh, Patrick went home. Yeah, Henney got, yeah, Henney went in there. I forgot he's even playing. He was a Me dolphin. Too. He was a dolphin for a while, right, Chad Henney? Was that the Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, Patrick Mahomes only due for 200 yards and a touchdown, um, not having, he's having a good year, obviously six and one. But uh, statistically, it's not the greatest, you know, blockbuster year as as he did last uh, last year. Uh, Clyde only had forty six yards on the ground. We seen Le'Veon Bell for thirty nine. Uh, uh, the Chiefs really didn't have to do much. The Broncos dug themselves in a hole, fumbling in, intercepting. Uh, Melvin Gordon did get a touchdown. Um, Phil Lindsay, I think, got injured. Unfortunately, he's uh, my my one of my favorite players in the in the game. Um, and the leading the receiver for the Denver Broncos. That's hard uh, to pronounce. Uh, I don't even know. Albert, <laughs> I have so much of his cards. I have so much of his cards. Okamandongan? Oh, I think. I don't. I don't. I don't I'm sorry. Yeah, Alberto. Alberto. Yeah, Alberto was the leading receiver. Um, <laughs> Drew Lock. I'm glad to see Drew Lock back there. I'm personally, um, I'm, I, I'm a big fan of him. It's just the pieces around him. I mean. Tim Tim Patrick is emerging. You got Noah Fant still there, Deshaun Hamilton, but I, they just need more. Um, you kind of remind me of the Jaguars, just a little step below the Jaguars on how creative and good this offense could be. Um, get Melvin Gordon out there, probably be a thousand times better. But um, yeah, the Chiefs just beat them down and uh, moved to six and one. Yeah, um, you're right. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is having a good year, but it's not um, as the volume is not as like last year, but really it's just because he doesn't have to. And it's such a balanced team. And I think they have more of a defense this year too. So, I mean, it's not really him having to be the only driving force. It's not the offense being the only force really to um, be afraid of on that chiefs team. They're kind of a really balanced defense, I think. And overall, you know what they could do on offense. So 43 to 16 isn't a big surprise. Um, maybe the only surprise is maybe like Mahomes only throwing it for 23 times and, 15 for 23, though, isn't bad. And get Chad Henney in there, which I think is cool. I haven't seen Chad Henney in, like, forever. I mean, that's a name. That's a throwback. That's a name I haven't heard in a long, long time. But this Broncos team, you know, I just want to give them credit. They somehow just get players involved each and every week. I know they only put up 16 points, but, like, these guys that they get involved on offense, are just it just surprises me, and it's like, 
Albert O of all people. I really don't like what the play calling that goes on with um with that Melvin Gordon flea flicker though. Like, what are you trying to do there? You don't have anything established. I hate when teams try to put. It's one of my pet peeves in football. Like, whenever they try to do a trick play when they're clearly not dominating. You you only can call a trick play if something is working. If you're clearly dominating, running the ball, or or you know what I'm trying to get at. I mean, that was just it made me yeah. throw up in my mouth. But uh, good win for the Chiefs, six and one, running away with it in the AFC West. All right, moving on back to the NFC West. Um, the the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals. I'm so glad this this game got flexed to prime time because it yeah. wasn't um, before due to COVID and all that weird shit. But the fucking Cardinals. Got the dub in overtime due to my boy. Finally got to see him uh, flourish. Uh, Isaiah Simmons got his first career interception. I think he only played about like like a handful of snaps through the whole game. But he did have the interception that led to the the, um, the, the field goal in, in overtime. We've seen DK Metcalf, the fastest dude in the game, the, the, the best receiver in the game, and could probably beat Tyreek Hill in the foot race. Um, that dude chased down Buda Baker for a, a pick's uh, game saving um, touchdown saving pick six. Um, Russell Wilson looked uh, he had three touchdowns, 388 yards passing. He threw 50 times, 84 on the ground, but he also had three interceptions. And like I said, one led to the loss. Kyler, Kyler, uh, Kyler Murray, um, I, I like him. He's my favorite to be MVP. He had 60 on the ground, 360 through the air. We seen D Hop. You know, as you guys seen, probably uh, him smiling through the air because it was a weird play. Um, they try to get the defense off guard and pretend like no one was ready. Uh, D, D Hop and Kyler Murray is going to be a crazy, crazy, crazy matchup for years to come. And I'm happy to see this Cardinal team move up to five and two. Seahawks move five to one. Um, they just got the best of them, I really think. Yeah, dude, I'm so glad this game got flexed too. I mean, this was an insane game. One of the best games I think I've ever seen. I mean. Even though it cost me money, dude, I had the fucking Seahawks plus two and a half. I should have made pop points and made it plus three because I would have won four hundred dollars. It was literally the only thing that didn't hit my parlay. I was so mad, but ah, that was just a mistake on my end. But it was a great fucking game. Once I saw that this was, I mean, I was losing. I was gonna lose my bet. I, I was, I was over it quickly because this was one of the most entertaining games ever. We gotta get, we gotta break some of this down. I mean, Kyler Murray. Um, in a, a game where I felt like Seattle was winning big first early, and then they came back furiously and um, made it close. DeAndre Hopkins was big, um, and this offense was just able to get things going and, and was relentless and, and determined to get shit back. Their two-minute offense was great. I thought the QB draws were really ballsy calls, ballsy fucking uh, to call that late in the game when you're down and need to get the, the tie and late in the fourth quarter to call it and execute it perfectly and get your two-minute drill going right away and get a snap going right away. The team was right on page without losing barely any time on the clock. It was so impressive to me. Their two-minute drill offense has to be one of the best in the NFL. And then going over to Seattle real quick, bouncing over back and forth, um, the Russell Wilson interceptions were so untimely and it was so uncharacteristic of him. But the way that Arizona was disguising their defenses and those blitzes, bringing the house down on opposite sides that you didn't think they were going to come on and then releasing and people that you thought were going to blitz that were going to back and into coverage. That's what the interception was. I mean, Isaiah Simmons looked like he was going to blitz the A-gap, but then he sprinted backwards immediately and got that interception and it was insane. He only had he only played three snaps that game, and one of them was that game ceiling interception that gave him the field goal range and win the game. Um, it was insane. You got to give Tyler Lockett two fifteen receptions for two hundred yards. 
three touchdowns. He was all over the place, and he was making insane grabs after insane grab, opening the game off with a one-handed catch, and then his touchdown grabs. I mean, one of them at the uh, tiptoeing in the end zone. I thought it was straight out of bounds. It was insane. So this this Seahawks team was getting it done. Um, Russell Wilson was getting it done, and then DK Metcalf a little quiet, but he he that play was insane. That burned back on Booty Baker. People don't remember. You have to talk about the sequence after that because. After that, I mean, that was a pick six, but he tackled them, and then Arizona could not get a touchdown after that. They went for it three straight plays and then went for it on fourth down, and they couldn't get it. So no points were allowed off of that interception at all off of one of Russell Wilson's picks. So um, he gets bailed out there, and he gets saved, and that defense repays DK Metcalf's effort for that um, that insane tackle. So overall, what an ins- insane game. We saw so much athleticism. It was so entertaining. I think that this, these two teams, I hope that was their only their first matchup. I think it was because I'm ready to see their second matchup this year. I, I'm, I'm hoping it's again because uh, this is a this was an insane game. It was super entertaining. And the NFC West, here are the standings now. Seattle still in first place at 5-1. and one. Arizona right behind them with 5-2. and two. L.A. Rams 5-2 and two in third place. Third place team at 5-2. and two. And then San Francisco 4-3. and three. So all these teams are positive. I think this is the division that first division NFL history that all of teams are going to the playoffs. Yeah, that'd be insane. Um, moving on to a game that was in, uh, it was all right. You know, they really this really showed that the Bears aren't supposed to be five and two. Like we say, we're the, they're the biggest imposters among us here. Um, uh, Der- uh, Jared Goff, two twenty two touchdowns. Um, Josh Reynolds, I love seeing him um, thrive. He's one of my, I, I personally like him. I don't know why. I just really like him a lot. Uh, Nick Foles, just I personally like Nick Foles, but couldn't get it done through the air. Um, only. Two two interceptions, no touchdowns. Um, just uh, the Bears just look like oh, we're versing a good opponent, and that's how they come out to be. That's really I think what it is. And they weren't in this at all really. And uh, the Rams moved to five and two, like you just mentioned. And um, the NFC West is going to be real exciting to see. And then the Bears moved to five and two, but I, I just don't see them. I, I feel like they're going to fall. I don't think the, the Bears will make the playoffs. I mean, what do we have in the NFC North? You have the Packers, so I think they're going to take that kick. I mean, the Bears, they just have just a solid, good start. I don't know how their schedule on the top of my head. So depending on how favorable their schedule could be, I mean, that defense is still for real. Um, but they just gave up too much in this game. And it really, it was just because I think their offense could not give them a break. Their offense, I think they went fourth down a few times and they just couldn't get it, um, taking points off the board and just – Never giving your defense a break, never giving your defense a breather, never let it, allowing them to just a, experience an offense and experience just a, a counterpart to help them even stay in the game. Defenses aren't supposed to score, and they can't score. And they even did in this game. It was a pick six, I believe. So, um, like, just whatever whatever hope that Chicago has for this, this year, um, it seems to be – quickly going away and, and you have a team in the Rams that, that's looking like it's they're going back into their Super Bowl form and this is like a true gauge of where Chicago is and they're they're not a contender at all and um, they only have two losses but their losses feel very significant and they feel more significant than their wins so it's really just shows how good this Rams team is to overcome that defense and put away the Bears and, and, and a fraud and, and prove everyone who who this Bears team is, that they're not as good as their record says, they're not who their record says, and show that the Rams are, are also to be reckoned with. And and uh, 
you know, they, they're just a solid team. They're being well coached. They're, they're coming out and playing very well. And that division is, it was a huge win. I mean, that division is heating up. It keeps saying it. And um, they could have easily lost this game. I feel like, excuse me, I feel like there could have been a lot of excuses for, for them being made if they were to drop this ball. Oh, Chicago finds ways to win. Oh, Chicago, you know, they, they always hold teams to less than 20 points. Um, You got over that 20-point hump, hump against Chicago like the Rams did. Um, You're going to win that game. All right. There you guys have it. That is the recap of all the teams and games. Now we're moving on to the preview. Um, as you know, today we got the Atlanta Falcons versus the Carolina Panthers. And let's see, I think I have them in my parlor. I just want to make sure. Um, okay. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> I have the I, – I, we just shit on the, the, the Falcons, but um, damn. I'm going to take Atlanta in this one. Even though I've been shitting on them, um, the Carolina Panthers. I know, damn, I don't know. <laughs> Come on, David. <laughs> uh, I love, I love Matty Ice. You know, I, as you know, I dropped him in fantasy, and then he's balling out. The Panthers can couldn't really stop the Saints on defense, and they couldn't get Mike Davis. So if Mike Davis could get it done on the ground, Teddy B could throw for two fifty easy and two touchdowns. Got to limit the interceptions, but I do like Matty Ice. And that offense, and Todd Gurley, who knows, he might accidentally score another two touchdowns on accident. Um, if I had to pick one, uh, this is literally a coin flip, and I know I shouldn't go with the Atlanta Falcons, but if I don't go with the Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers are going to win. If I go with the Carolina Panthers, the Atlanta Falcons are going to win. So it doesn't matter. I'm going to take an L on this either way. <laughs> but you know what? I think I'm going to take the Carolina Panthers in this one. I think it's going to be a close one. I think the Falcons are going to find a way to lose somehow. It's going to go 24-23. Yeah, the most consistent thing for Atlanta is just them finding a way to lose. And I don't want to bet for them to win anymore. So I'll take Carolina as well. Um, it's scary to, for me to take any other team, um, any team to, sorry, any Atlanta. Just scared for me to take them any week. I mean, it's, they're so unpredictable. Their defense is so bad through the air. I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to have a good game tonight. Um, their defense it's kind of solid against the run so because teams just love passing it on them anyway. So it's going to be all DJ Moore and Roby Anderson tonight, and I'll take uh, I'll take the Panthers 28. It's going to be close, 28-27. I mean, I mean, Atlanta keeps things interesting, and we're going to see some bullshit happen at the end. All right, moving on to this game that I think the Ravens are favored in. That's how that just shows how Movada, ESPN, SportsCenter, all of them are on, on the Ravens' dick, which I really don't. They just – I just don't like that because Lamar Jackson, I don't think, is a legit passer. And I think if you break down every aspect of this of this game, you, I think the the Steelers are more complete and have a better quarterback, more weapons on the offense, and their defense is solid. I'm gonna take the Steelers in this one. Hopefully, Kate Claypool could have positive yardage because I am starting him over Roby Anderson. I know that's crazy, even though we just said Roby Anderson's gonna have a good game. Um, but I'm gonna take the Steelers in this one. It's gonna be 34. To 24. Um, taking dude, I'm taking the Steelers in this one too. I'm I'm supremely confident in the Steelers in this one, um, just because I am more reliant on them stopping Lamar Jackson. I believe that they they will stop Lamar Jackson because their defense, their run defense, is just so good, and um, they were able to tame Derrick Henry last week, keep him at 75 yards. And when we get Lamar Jackson tamed. And he's forced to pass the ball. And I think that he's going to get behind a little bit in this game, too. I think Pittsburgh is going to be able to get some points on. And they're just more consistently. I see them getting more consistent stops than uh, Baltimore in this game. I really do. So I think people need to really are just underestimating Pittsburgh. Um, I don't know why. I think that 
people are really sleeping on them these past few weeks too. I mean, even last week, Tennessee was favored. And then this week, it's just so disrespectful. They're playing really good football. So I'm going to take Pittsburgh in this one. Um, 27 to 24. All right. Moving on to the next game, we got the Los Angeles Rams versus the Miami Dolphins. Um, the Rams are coming off a good win, as we said, and Miami Dolphins coming off a bye. Um, Tua, uh, this is the biggest um, surprise. Uh, well, not surprise, but Tua starting, but we don't know where he's at. We only seen him throwing for two yards, nine, or two, two pass attempts, nine yards last week. Um, can he get it done? Like, is he going to be ecstatic? We haven't seen too much of him, especially no preseason. So I'm just going to go with the for sure thing. I'm going to go with the Rams winning this one. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Dolphins just pull out all the stops on defense and then Tua has a career game. I could see that happening. The talent's there. But I just don't know. Um, the, the, the the Miami Dolphins waited this long to get him in there. Like, so is he ready now or is he not ready? You know, we really don't know. Um but um, you've been really pretty accurate on Miami Dolphin predictions this year. I don't know why. You've just been really accurate. Um, it's weird. But I'm going to take the Rams in this one. I think Tua is going to have an okay game. Not too crazy. He, you know. Yeah. But um, I could see possibly him winning Rookie of the Week. He has oh, yeah. that potential. But I'm going to take the Rams in this one. Um, Jalen Ramsey will get a sack. That's my weird prediction in this one. I'm going to take a 28 to 21. Okay, yeah, it's just so hard to predict because, like you said, we don't know what we're going to get out of Tua. But the, the the way that they pulled out Fitzpatrick and put into it was just so weird. I thought Fitzpatrick earned um, to play the next game for sure. I mean, he wasn't playing terrible at all, and he's had some big wins, especially against the 49ers. So this Dolphins team is so weird. Um, I've been I've been on them since the offseason. I've been so happy with how they've been um, developing and getting players because they have some pieces on offense. I mean, they score about 26 points per game. That's 12th best in the league, and they just get things done somehow, even though they're not the most efficient. Um, they just get points for some reason. So uh, whether it becoming big players or whatever, I thought Fitzpatrick would be that guy. But putting into a – the only way that I could see the reasoning would be for having him in there is because you, you saw that in – the training camp that he was clearly better than Fitzpatrick and you weren't sure that he was um, he was going to be getting killed this year and if that offense was as good as it needed to be. Well, you see what Fitzpatrick's doing and then maybe you're seeing what Herbert's doing and maybe you're seeing what Burrow's doing with their, with their counterparts in this draft. Maybe you just have to put into it because you see the upside and how well these other counterparts and his uh, colleagues are doing from this draft. Um, just see what's going to go out there. He has such a big task, though. I mean, this is a little bit of a of a risk going against Aaron Donald and maybe just getting another injury. Huge, huge step for Miami right now. But coming off a of bye week, they have to be very confident in with their game plan and what they're doing. So I expect this to – I don't mean that's so hard to call, but it could be a little bit interesting with what Tua could bring to this offense and based on how well they've been scoring. But I really do lean towards the Rams. They had a really great game against the Bears. And really, I just think that they're a little bit underrated on defense this year. Um, they get timely stops. They get their offense go, um, time to score and, and everything. So I'll have to go with the Rams. They're just a better team and better overall, um, overpowering. I don't expe- um, wouldn't be surprised if this is a little bit interesting early in the game, but I could see the Rams uh, running away with it. So, um, let's give it 30 to 21 or actually 35, 21. I think the Rams win by a little bit more. All right. Moving on to the next game. Um, we might even just see Chad Henney and come in the second half. Cause it's, um, Mahomes is going to run away with this one. It's the chiefs against the jets at Kansas city. Um, I'm gonna give the jets a zero. Just <laughs> this real quick. 
Um, I think it's it's dealer's choice. You can pick any two numbers and put them together. Roll the dice, and you you probably get that. Um, the Jets, I don't think, are going to score much. Sam Darnold, I think, is going to struggle. Frank Gore, I think Le'Veon Bell is going to get a big chunk. He's been in the been with the Chiefs for two weeks. Um, maybe we can see him, um, you know, get some revenge on on Adam Gase and the Jets. Um, I, I think at least thirty. I'm gonna go with uh, 30, 30, 30 zero. Zero. Yeah, least. I mean the way that the Kansas City just easily put the beat down on the Broncos last week, who was a way better defense, I think, than the Jets, and um, just the way that. The Chiefs, they're just so – they're just scoring at will. The Jets are so bad. So, yeah, fuck it. 37-6. Uh, uh, I'd give them six. <laughs> nice, okay. Moving on to the, uh, a game I think is going to be um, either one-sided or real close. The Minnesota Vikings, the 1-5 Minnesota Vikings versus the Green Bay Packers. Um, last time I took the Vikings, um, they lost, and they um, – course to the Falcons. I, was it to the Falcons they lost? Um, did they? Okay. I think so. I think so. The only time I try to go with the Vikings and trust in their their very new defense, they they lose. So I'm I'm gonna take Green Bay. Um, obviously Aaron Rodgers is got his favorite target back. I know they don't got Aaron Jones, but you got Jamal Williams and you got AJ Dillon. Let's see a little bit more of AJ Dillon. That dude is built different. I'm gonna take Green Bay. Um, I'm gonna take um. A lot of 30s. Uh, 32 to 20. Alrighty. Um, I think I'm going to lean towards Green Bay as well, too. Earlier in the season, I thought maybe um, that the Minnesota could get back on track. But they they just can't. They can't get anything going. And um, they're not, you know, they're not the, the team that they were a few years ago. They seem to be imploding, and they're just giving away players and trading away guys and trading away assets. Um, I'm going to look up Aaron Jones real quick because I thought that he was going to be back soon. And uh, it looks like he was held out of practice. Um, so it says he's looked like he's going to be missing his second straight game. I think that this is just a precautionary thing because they're looking at their opponent right now. Minnesota's not that good. And really, Aaron Jones looked like he it wasn't that serious of an injury. So they're just waiting for him to get 100, 110% and um, be better and ready for the playoff playoff push later down the line. Green Bay, not the greatest defense, though. And Minnesota, I like Justin Jefferson coming off of a bye, and Thielen has been playing great. And also, um, Dalvin Cook is questionable. Um, he might return. But that is really the key for them, is really Dalvin Cook. They're one of the better running back-oriented teams out there. I mean, they average five yards per rush. That's fifth best in the league. And um, they're fifth best in the league at rushing touchdowns per game. So, they're really up there with how well they run the ball and how well they um, operate on offense. If they could get things going like that against this Green Bay team on defense who is not that solid against the run and really just kind of give up points every um, and uh, don't really make things easier for their offense. They really depend on having a really good game and depend on having just an all-around great game. But I think their offense could give up something. So I'm going to make it a little bit close because I like Minnesota's doing, but they don't have anything on defense. So that's why I'm, I know I'm going to pick Green Bay. So Green Bay, um, 40 to 27. All right. Moving on to this next game, which um, I think we're going to have our first disagreement. Um, it's Detroit Lions versus the, the Indianapolis Ooh. Colts. Um, I think Detroit Lions got the momentum on their back. Um, I think DeAndre Swift is going to have a great game. T.Y. Hilton and Phillip Rivers, there's no connection there. Um, kind of like with me and my exes, there's just no, there's just nothing there. Um, Phillip Rivers, I think, will struggle. I know this defense is 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 um, the Detroit defense is not the greatest, but I'm gonna take Detroit in this one. Uh, Galladay, 
um, is is back to his old self. Matthew Stafford got a chip on his shoulder this week. Um, I think I think Philip Rivers is going to struggle. The interception bug is is going to linger, and um, I'm going to take Detroit. It's going to win this. That the based on Movada, they're minus three or plus three. I think they could at least get a field goal over them, and I think that's exactly how they're going to win. I'm going to take it 27 to 24 over the Colts. All righty. Well, yeah, I mean, this is tough. I mean, Indianapolis coming off of a bye, and, I mean, I don't know about how well this Detroit team is, and I don't know about this Colts team because they're so up and down, and, and they're really riding the uh, Philip Rivers roller coaster. But what I do know about Philip Rivers is that he does heat up as the year goes on, and a Colts team like this coming off of a bye, I do want to favor them. I do want to give them the benefit of the doubt. I do like this uh, Detroit Lions team, though. The, what they've been doing offensively and then staying in games, being really physical on defense these past couple of weeks have been great. And with this Indianapolis team that just is so unpredictable to me, it's really hard. I wouldn't, I, I'm not touching this game at all. I'm not placing any money. I'm not, I'm just don't know how it's going to be. And it's just so hard for me to call. But I'm, I will favor the Colts a little bit in this one just because they just are, they're just always a, a complete team. And, and their opponents are usually just less complete than them, so it's hard for me to go against them. So, I'll take in a small in a in a close game. Um, ooh, twenty three to twenty. I have Indianapolis squeezing out a victory. All right. I yeah, yeah. Disagree. I just had a feeling. All right, moving on to Oakland versus Cleveland. As you know, Cleveland does not have Odell Beckham Jr., but they look like they got some depth at wide receiver, some young guys stepping up. And the Raiders coming off a devastating loss against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, God, I don't want to go with the Browns in this one. But um, I really think that uh, – I see, I'm so back and forth with Baker Mayfield. People – and so much – everyone's back and forth with Baker Mayfield. He has a bad game. He's ass. He throws five touchdowns, finishes 23 out of t- 22 out of 23 after he throws his pick. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I'm not convinced yet. Um but um, I think I think he got the chip on his shoulder as well. He wants to prove people wrong, and he could do it without Odell. Um, the Raiders, I think, are just kind of scrambling on offense, especially on defense as well, too. So I'm going to take the Browns in this one. I won't touch it, though, in a bet. But I'm going to take the Browns winning this one 28-20. Uh, Dude, I think that the Browns are going to win this one, too. I think that there's an opportunity for Miles Garrett to really fuck shit up for Derek Carr um, just because I like that matchup. I think that there's going to be a lot of a lot of pressures being drawn up there, and there's going to be timely sacks for this Browns defense just because of how how just the Raiders give up uh, sacks on 4.95% of the plays. That's 12th uh, in the league. And then Cleveland is about 18th in the league in getting sacks. So it's it, they're, they're both middle of the pack. They're not, they're not great but they're not really terrible at it. But I'm looking at also how many points per game um, these op- defenses give up. They're the they're like one of the worst. The The Raiders are 31st in the league. They give up 32 points per game. And the Browns are 29th in the league. They give up 31 points per game. So this is a game where I expect the over to hit and just a shootout. But based off what I think is going to happen, I think that the Browns are going to get things going on the ground. They're such a good running team, and that's what they really need. That's been their recipe for success this year, and and this uh, Raiders defense isn't going to stop them. So I think Kareem Hunt and um, whoever is back there, I don't know about Nick Chubb. I haven't uh, heard too much about him, but I don't know if he's hurt or anything. But whoever's back there, I expect their running backs to really eat. And their depth at wide receiver, Peoples-Jones or whoever it may be, um, 
look, Baker Mayfield's getting shit cooking and he's getting he's getting things going. Jarvis Landry, his work ethic, it's contagious, bro. He's out here, he's actually making um these other wide receivers better. So I think that this is gonna be a good game of just high powered offenses and really bad defenses. So I'll take the Browns though in this one. I think they're gonna edge a victory out. Just it's just it's just really uh it's just really who has the ball at the end though. But I'll take Cleveland uh forty two to thirty five. Mm-hmm. All right, high-scoring game. Moving on to Tennessee versus Cincinnati. Um, I think Joe Burrow is going to drop another one. Unfortunately, I do like him as personally. Um, I like he get the offensive line is going to be terrible. Tennessee Titans, I think, is going to um, tear it up. Uh, I like Tennessee both offensively and defensively. Um, if if it comes down to field goals, though, I will go with Bengals. But I think that the t- Tennessee Titans are going to get ahead. Uh, Derrick Henry is going to have a ball. As you know, the Bengals just traded uh, Dunlap, Gina, uh, Dun, yeah, Dunlap to the mm-hmm. Seahawks, if I'm not mistaken. That was a big, and um, uh, it looks like they're they're uh, just trying to get up some draft picks and uh, starting to rebuild. And um, Derrick Henry is going to feast. Tannehill's not going to have to do much. I'm going to take Tennessee. Take uh, this one. I will touch this one in, in a bet. Um, I I don't know what the over and under is. It is uh, minus five. I'll take that. I'll say they'll win by a touchdown. Um, I'll say 28 to 20. I'm taking uh, Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee, I mean, they give up a lot through the air, I feel like. Um, they, they give up 272 passing yards per game. That's 26 best. And with the way that Joe Burrow is just put, putting up numbers relentlessly, and it feels like it's not going to stop because they really need him to be passing it 50 times per game to have a, a chance and just to win it in these games. And Tennessee is a tall task, and I think that they're very pissed off at the way that they lost this last game. So I'm very scared for Joe Burrow. Um, Tennessee doesn't really get a lot of sacks, but the Bengals are just that bad on the offensive line that they're just going to give up so many. Um, they are 29th worst in the league. I mean, they give up their quarterback gets sacked 8.7% of the time. So, like, every other every other few plays, uh, I just feel like t- Tennessee is going to take over and win this one. Um, Tannehill is going to be... Aaron it out too, and just overall good victory, thirty to thirty to twenty-five. All right, that's going to be a fun game to watch. Moving on to New England versus Buffalo. I think Buffalo is going to have. Well, we said that I thought they're going to have a good game against the Jets, but they were kind of struggling. But New England, I think it, I don't want to say worse than the Jets, but they're not in good hands. They should call Paul State. <laughs> Um, they're just they're just all bad. Without Julian Edelman there, who knows if Cam Newton is starting again. Um, Stephon Gilmore is on the trade block. He, uh, his house is for sale. Um, I, I mean, he's not going to be too happy about that. Well, he actually might be happy about that to get the fuck out of there. But um, I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills, and I think the over and under is pretty crazy. Um, the Buffalo Bills is um, – oh, minus four. That um, I think that's an easy one. I would touch this one. Uh, Buffalo Bills are going to win, um, I'm going to say uh, – 27 to 20. Yeah, um, one thing that scares me is just if Cam Newton can get things going again because Cam Newton uh, has a nice little matchup here. The ground game is is the way to go against this Buffalo Bills defense. They give up almost five point uh, five yards per carry. So um, maybe that could be the thing that's really threatening this Bills team because the way that they came out last week against the Jets is really concerning. So I think this could be a close one. I hope it's not an upset because I'm tired of New England hanging around and I, I want Buffalo to make this leap. This is a team that is 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 looking to really change a lot of people's perspectives on them. I mean, they're like, kind of like the nuggets of the NFL because they always have a good good uh, team around them these past few years. And 
expected to make the playoffs but never do anything. So let's see them do something. Let's see them have a good victory against this uh, Patriots team, 21-18. to 18. All right. Moving on to the next game, we got the San Francisco 49ers versus the Seahawks. And this is another divisional game. The San Francisco coming off of an okay win. Um, offensively, they weren't great on the run. They were in the Seahawks. Um, they just tend to give up so they They are the worst defense in the league. And if you would have told me five years ago that the Seahawks are the worst defense in the league, I probably would have slapped you in the face. But um, I think the Seahawks are going to come out. I think their offense is more high-powered. And um, I think uh, if, if this is any game for Jimmy Garoppolo to shine, it's this one. If it's any game of the whole year, it has to be this one. The Seahawks give up so many yards through the air. And um, I think I think uh, Jimmy G will bounce back. I mean, he, I don't think he'll have two interceptions. I think he'll have two, I, I think he's closer to have two touchdowns and two interceptions. But I'm, I'm going to take the Seahawks in this one. Um, Tyler Lockett and D.K. Metcalf are the best wide receiver duo. D.K. Metcalf being the best wide receiver in the game. Um I'm going to take Seahawks winning this one. I think it's going to be another close one. It's going to be 27. Yeah, I mean, Seattle is always in close games, and I think they're going to want to bounce back for sure. And San Francisco, you said it. I mean, Jimmy G is bound to have a good one. I mean, every quarterback has a great game against this um, Seattle defense, and it's so tough because San Francisco looks like they're getting back on track. And, I mean, these are two teams that really need this win. This division's heating up. It's another great division game. Oh, man, I would love to see this on Sunday night. Um, I want to go with... Okay, I'm going to go with Seattle. I think that Seattle, uh, they're going to get things done on offense. Russell Wilson's unstoppable. They're going to put up 30-plus. Offensively for the Niners, I think George Kittle's the key, and I think also um, you're going to want to run the ball a little bit and get things going. Seattle, I mean, the way to beat them, though, is through the air, so Jimmy G is going to need to step up, and that's where I think that maybe is the, is the concern. Can Jimmy G step up? And also, is your receivers up to par with what Seattle is doing on offense? Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf is an insane um, duo over there, and Russell Wilson. And so that's all a triple threat. Right now, I think the Niners really offensively is running the ball and then George Kittle, which was their formula last year. But I don't know if that's enough to keep up with this firepower in Seattle. And um, Brandon Ayuk and and Debo Samuel are going to need to step up huge um, and – I just don't. I just don't know if I if I see that. And so Seattle, I don't know if they if they if I see them dropping two in a row too. So I'll take them in a really close game, though. I expect it to be really fun. Uh, shoot, thirty-seven to thirty-four. All right. Got a couple more games here. Moving on to the Chicago Bears versus the New Orleans Saints. Um, the Bears are staying at five and two over the Saints, four and two. Um. Michael Thomas looks like he's not coming back. Emmanuel Sanders, I think, is questionable. Um, this one's kind of tough, but I think the Saints' defense could could uh, make Nick Foles struggle a little bit, as as he has been this whole year. Um, Alvin Kamara is pretty much the recipe for the Saints. Um, the whole offense runs through him. If they could get Alvin Kamara going both through the air and the ground, I think it's Bad News Bears. Um, <laughs> oh, Bad News Bears. Um, but I, I, I'm a, uh, I think I'm a – you know what? Uh, I think I'm gonna take. Wow. Chicago. I think I'm gonna take Chicago in this one because they always find a way to, like the Falcons always find a way to lose. Uh, the, the Bears, you know, as we've been saying it on this podcast all year, they find a way to win. Um, the Saints, I, I think that I think the Chicago Bears defense is pretty good. I know they 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 let 24 pass them. Uh, the Rams, you know, or you know, whatever. Um, you know, I'll t- you know what? I'll take the Bears. Just switch it up. I'm going to take the Bears. They're going to win very, very slim by one point. 
Um, uh, even though I do like the Saints, but the Bears just find a way. I don't know. They find a way, and, and we're going to be coming next week like, wow, the Bears don't deserve to be 6-2. and two. They're shit, and um, I can already see that happening. So I think I'm going to take the Bears on this one. I'm I completely disagree. I mean, this Bears team is falling apart. I mean, look, I think that the Saints are just going to get more points on offense. I think that they're going to be able to get it out, and this this Bears team is just so bad on offense. Um, I'll, I'll give the Saints a victory 27-17. to 27-14, dude. They're not going to be 17. There's no way. Okay. All right, moving on to the Dallas and Philadelphia. And this one, I mean, both these teams are just straight ass. Um, I, I don't know if Ben DiNucci is starting, but and, and if Andrew Dalton's starting, uh, I feel bad for that guy. Just He just did – he got hit. He got rocked. Um, ben DiNucci, if he's starting, I mean, he's a sixth-round rookie, I believe. Uh, you have the weapons there. I mean, just the play calling is to go there. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles have injuries all over, up and down the roster. Um, Carson Wentz, I'm not a big fan of him. We might even see Jalen Hurts come in. Um, the spread is negative uh, minus nine, I believe, to the Eagles, favoring the Eagles. Um, I, don't, I really don't know who to pick in this one. Uh, I, I hate both these teams, really. Yeah, it's a, a minus nine to Eagles. Um Dallas is going to keep on spiraling. I'm going to take the, the the Eagles to win and take the lead in that division. I don't think it's going to be high scoring at all. I think it's going to be like. I think the Eagles are are going to win this Eagles. game. Dallas is showing us that they're one of the worst teams ever made, and Philadelphia is showing us that they're just resilient without <laughs> with all these injuries. So I'll take um Eagle, Eagles. Uh, they've been putting up more points per game, and so I think they're going to make the leap. So uh, twenty-seven to sixteen. All right, moving on to our last game. As you know, if you want to uh, hear the Charger, Charger, and um, Bronco preview, uh, go check in on to our Monday podcast. All right, so the last game, not a very eventful Monday night game. Ugh, the, the Buccaneers versus the Giants. Ugh, man. <laughs> Giants are going to look like midgets. So I think Tom Brady is going to have a ball. Uh, we I don't know who the backup for Tampa Bay is, but we might even see him. I don't know who is I'll the look backup. that up. Uh, uh, yeah, look that up while I explain how the Giants are going to get their shit turned inside out. Uh, Giants, I mean, what? Oh, Blaine Gabbard is their second Freeman's out. Oh, Blaine Gabbard, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Put Blaine Gabbard in there. Yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, but Antonio Brown, I know he's not playing this week. I think he's eligible for next week. Um, he's pretty much, I think he's going to be a cancer. <laughs> Hopefully. going to ruin what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have. Really? Hopefully. Um, I don't pray for no one down's fall unless it's Tom Brady. Uh, but Tampa Bay is just too stacked, and, and uh, Giants don't even have a stack anywhere. Uh, Daniel Jones, that dude has more turnovers in the first however starts really? he's in, more than Jamarcus oh. Russell did. Yeah. And uh, that just stunned me. I feel bad for Steven. My, you're in my prayers, Steven. As you know, Steven says him as a Giants fan. <laughs> um, he's in our prayers. Um, DeMonte Freedom not starting. Uh, uh, Deion Lewis, I think, is kind of injured. You got Wayne Ball- Ballman. Ballman, oh, Ballman. yeah. Ballman, or whatever the fuck his name. Um, Evan Ingram was in trade rumors. That always affects the player. Uh, I just think the, the Buccaneers are going to just put Blaine Gabbard in and just have a ball. Uh, it's going to be like 35 to 35 I'll to give him six. six. Yeah, I mean, everyone expects a beatdown. Um, these fucking games of... Uh... 
of of Sunday night football, Cowboys Eagles, disgusting. I mean, I'm tired of seeing the Cowboys on primetime, man. I mean, they've been like that for the past few years. Disgusting. I just need to get off my chest. And then this Monday night football game is really bad. Um, Buccaneers, I expect to beat down too. Let's give it. I mean, I'll take 37 to 37 to seven. I mean, the Giants. I don't think they're going to get anything done. I like this Wayne Gallman kid. The way he was running last week though was pretty cool against the Eagles, but. This, this defense is for real, and this Giants team, they, they depend on Daniel Jones to even get some get some yards like he does, uh, like he did last week. But this front seven um, is insane, so no running game is going to get going, and then Daniel Jones might just get harassed all night. It's going to be so bad. He's going to get hurt. I think it's going to be it's so bad. Yeah, I feel bad for uh, Daniel Jones, and I feel bad for Monday. Just the day. Monday sucks in general, let alone have this chip game played. But, um, all right, well, there you have it. There's the preview. Now we're going to move on to our parlays. Lightning round, I'm just going to screen mine out. I had a 12-team oh, parlay, oh. and I lost it. <laughs> um, no, I don't have it this week. Fuck no. Um, that I couldn't take it. No, I couldn't take it. So here we go. I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs minus 20. Yeah. You heard me right, minus 20 over wow. the Jets. Um, let's see, my next one. Uh, let me. I, I wrote it down here. I don't know why I wrote it down. I can just bring it up. Um, I have the, the Panthers upsetting Falcons. the Cardinal or the uh did I pick Panthers? Yeah, I picked the Panthers to win. I was I was back and forth, I forgot because shit. Um they're not favorites. I was gonna have the Falcons favorite, but So um, wait, do you have the Panthers or Falcons? Uh moving on. Okay. I have the Panthers minus one point five. So they gotta win by two. Um I got the Buffalo Bills over the Patriots at minus four. I got the Pittsburgh Steelers upsetting the Ravens somehow. That's Ridiculous to me how they're even not they're not favorites. And I got Tennessee winning um more than five point five over the Cincinnati Bengals. And then my last one's Detroit Lions over the Colts. I know that's the biggest risk here. I'm betting uh twenty-five bucks to say I'll get oh I'll get twelve hundred back if I bet twenty-five dollars. So let's uh let's pray. I like it. That. I mean that's those the are the one that's concerning is the Lions points. game, but I mean that is I mean it has great upside though. I mean yeah, that's I that's the that. thing. So um, the other ones seem great too. I respect it. Um, maybe buy a point though on, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I would buy a point on the Panthers game. So they just have to win. So they don't have to win by two. So if they could, they could just win by one and they'll push just in case it's close. You know, they, you know, Falcons can make it close. So I would do that. And then that would make me a little bit more, um, feel good. I mean, I, I mean, David, I'm serious. I think you could win some money off this. That's fucking crazy. I like your bet. Um, for me, I have a nice little teaser. Guys, I think this is going to hit. Last week, I was only off by 0.5 points against Seattle in that crazy game. I think this one's going to win. I'm putting 25 for 225 and a 7. So a teaser is going to help me. Um, I spread by 7 points on this one. Rams over Dolphins. Rams become plus 3.5. Um, over for the Raiders and Browns game, that's become over 44 points. I think it's going to be a shootout. Uh, Packers, uh, they become plus 0.5 against the Vikings. I think they're going to win that game, so I like that. Uh, Titans become plus 1.5 against the Bengals. And the Chiefs become plus thir- uh, minus 13 Sorry, against the Jets. I like lowering that spread a little bit, just in case the Chiefs just decide to run all over the Jets and it's a little bit cl- uh, closer spread. I mean, that 20-point spread is a lot, so getting that down a little bit helps. I like this one right here. I got the Steelers. Plus 10.5 now against the Ravens. Um, whether or not, I mean, I like the Steelers. They're, they're, I think they're going to win. But if the Baltimore team can somehow pull it out, I don't see them winning by more than 10. So I like this a lot. 
the over for the Saints and Bears game. That one's a little tough, but I think that the Saints could pull it out. When with this spread now at 36, 36 and a half, um, both teams scoring maybe 20 or really close around 18, 19 points each. I think that is a lock. And then the Saints um, become plus two. I'm taking them in that game over the Bears. Bet 25 bucks to win 225. And then if I do the regular parlay, let me see what, uh, how much I could win real quick because I haven't put down on the regular parlay. If uh, my computer wants to work with me. So if I do, if I do, uh, let's see. If I put 10 bucks down, I win 1,797. So I think that regular parlay could work too. I could buy a little bit of points there too, but that's it. I mean, I think these are some money bets right here. Yes. Um, I'm really hoping for this one. I was trying to do a 12 team parlay, but I don't know. Movado has been acting, acting up all morning, but there you guys have it. Um, the, the review, preview, and the parlays. If you guys are taking parlays, let me hear them if you guys win or not. Um, this podcast will be up um, for a raffle on, on Twitter and all that all stuff. All right, you can but, find uh, me on Twitter, um, on at SugarFreeLucas. And there, my pinned tweet has all of our um, all of our podcasts, a thread of all of our podcasts for this month. And all you have to do to enter the giveaway is like, retweet, or reply to any of those tweets in that thread. And you must follow Sports Guy David, me, and the Fantasy Sports Game on Twitter. But that's it. You're entered to win our monthly giveaway, which is coming to end this month, $100 NFL gift card shop. So, uh... Go ahead, enter by that, and super easy, and we'll let you know by um, November. David, where can we find you on social? You can find me, uh, Sports Guy David, on literally any type of social media. Um, if you want to go ahead and uh, follow me, and, and um, we do a Charger giveaway, as you know, and the current giveaway right now. So, and we also like having guests. So, if you want to be a part of this podcast, just go ahead and DM either of us, and you're on. We have a little a short list, but yeah, you can you could be on. Um, the list to be our guest speaker so um all right well there you guys have it from fancy sports case sports guy david and lucas reyes Alrighty. we are out